glass, ice, pour. Hello, friends, and welcome to Whiskey and Rye. I am your host, Ryan Charles Brown, and man, it is good as heck to be back with you. Uh, took a little time off. You would think during this quarantine time that it would be uh, like really advantageous to be recording a bunch of content, but uh, took a little bit of time off uh, because I think like most people, I needed to just pause and reset and figure out like what the heck is going on. Uh, life just kind of came to an immediate halt for a lot of us. And, uh, you know, I, like a lot of folks, was uh, was an hourly worker or working for Uber. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for those that are still on the front lines and that are uh, making things happen and making the world go around. Uh, we all owe them a debt of gratitude um, because I had to make a really difficult decision decision when this whole thing started to decide if I was going to keep driving for Uber. And actually I had to make the really tough decision to stop. Uh, so I have not been driving for Uber now for this really since the quarantine before the quarantine happened. Um, March 13th, I think was the last time that I drove, uh, someone for Uber. So, um, yeah, it feels really weird to not be doing that. And it, it was really stressful. Uh, like I think it was for a lot of people to figure out how I'm going to generate that extra income. Um, but I, I think what, what this coronavirus has, uh, has forced me to do is really think about what, uh, what my priorities are, what's important to me, how I want to spend my time. Um, and, and really, uh, it showed me that I want to invest more time into doing creative things, into, um, building the, the things that I do and building out my passions. So, um, I'm working out ways to do that and I've been busy working on some things to do that. But, you know, aside from that, um, I've been just thinking about our whiskey and rye community. And, you know, every time I take a little break, uh, I tend to think about how I can make the show better and, and what can I do um, to, to improve things. And so, you know, I, I definitely spent a good amount of the time off thinking about how we can be better and some guests that I want to line up and uh, just topics and, and conversations that will be really interesting. And so, um, you know, I'm just really grateful for the foundation that we have. We have a really great foundation of our listeners right now. And I really appreciate you all sticking with me. Um, you know, some of you from the mission podcast, even before whiskey and rye. So, uh, it's just really awesome. The momentum that we've built and, um, you all have been gracious as I've been thinking about new ways to do this and I've been adding things to the podcast and to, you know, the Patreon. And, um, I'm just really grateful for what we have built together. And so, um, it just feels so good to be back recording. Um, I wanted to record last night and, you know, just after I ended up getting Reese down and then making dinner, uh, I just ran out of gas. I came into the studio and was going to record and I just, I, I just ran out of gas. And so I thought, you know what, um, why don't I get a good night's rest and, uh, and, and, and just kind of veg out and, uh, clear my mind and, uh, hit this early in the morning. And so, um, it feels good to be recording during the day. It's a little bit brighter outside. I got my coffee and, you know, uh, because, uh, responsibly, um, I did put a little whiskey in my coffee, uh, but I'm being responsible about it. I'm nowhere to drive. Um, and you know, I don't have, uh, we have someone here helping us with Reese today and then Jen is going to be, uh, around later. So, you know, um, I can have just a, just a touch of whiskey, I think in my coffee, which, you know, I enjoy. Uh, it makes the, it makes the coffee taste almost like a chocolatey kind of vibe. I don't know. It's really good. So I, I enjoy it. I rarely, rarely treat myself to a little whiskey in my coffee, but you know what? Uh, it's a celebration being back with my, with my community. Uh, so cheers, cheers to that. Ah, uh, so good. 
Bushmills in some uh, some fair trade coffee. Delicious. Um, so I uh, want to talk a little bit about <clears throat> about what I've been doing. Um, updates. This is kind of kickoff segment one. And I want to take, kick that off with talking uh, about coronavirus. Um, shocking. But what I have, I've spent a lot of time reading about coronavirus and, and uh, not so much the like the biological stuff to it, but uh, about the virus, like how it's mutating and, you know, various aspects of the body that it attacks, though I do know some of those things. What I really have been interested in is how coronavirus is impacting us culturally and how it's changed how we do things and how we approach our day-to-day lives, about how we approach how we consume things, about how we approach our relationships. Um, all of these things are, are on the forefront of my mind. And um, so, you know, what I wanted to kind of share um, a, a little bit to kick this off is about what I've been doing um, in response to coronavirus. Because um, for those of you who have been following from the Mission podcast, um, you know that I have been building or wanting to build community online for a very long time. And actually, that was part of the goal of the Mission podcast was to build an online community around social justice and faith topics and things like that. And then I shifted that to Whiskey and Rye to build this online community for men and to have a safe space for masculinity. And so um, I have been thinking about ways to connect with people online and have been building building online communities of my own for about two years. And then coronavirus happens and all of a sudden people are staying inside more often and then we get social distancing mandates. I'm here in Los Angeles and um, we have had social distancing mandates um, going on now our second 30 days. So they we had it for 30 days. We were uh, kind of quarantined, self-quarantine, social distancing, and then uh, they extended that quarantine for another 30 days like they're doing for most of the country. So I guess my point in this is saying that L.A., um, some of these things happen, you know, a little bit before. So we get these things, uh, we get this news that they're extending till May 15th, and then the rest of the country gets that news as well. So um, I guess I've been kind of noticing this trend that what happens in L.A. usually is then rolled out for the rest of the country. Um, And so when I'm thinking about building online community and I'm seeing that, um, while we are flattening the curve of coronavirus, and that's very, um, I'm excited about that, uh, we are still seeing cases of coronavirus pop up. Actually, right now, currently, coronavirus is the leading cause of death in L.A. County. Uh, that's as of, uh, let me check my dates. That was as of Tuesday, April 28th, 2020. Um, and, you know, again, I don't want to... Um, talk too much about facts and things like that because there is uh, I don't want to provide a bunch of links and do a lot of fact checking um, and but I also don't want to say things that might not be true because coronavirus has people very very panicked um, and myself included I was panicked for a long time still I'm concerned about a lot of things um, and so you know I don't I don't want to just inundate this first segment with fact checking and go to this link and check this link out you should make sure that you're checking your sources make Make sure that everything you're reading is reputable. Check the dates on things. Check editor's notes. Read all the way down to the bottom. Say, you know, sometimes they put an editor's note saying, oh, this was updated at this point, or they don't always put those things at the top. So check your sources. But um, the point that I'm trying to say about coronavirus is um, LA County, we 
because there's so many people here, we see that there's a large amount of folks who um, are being infected. And so we, we can kind of uh, use some of this, uh, what's happening to forecast for the rest of the country. So for me, as someone who is building virtual community and have building, been building things online, um, I have been seeing an opportunity to step in to building community and step into creating spaces for people to meet virtually. Um, and, and I don't really see the need of that going away ever. Um, I didn't really see that to begin with, but now I especially see that. I mean, obviously I was building community when I didn't really think that something like this was going to happen. And I just knew eventually that people would want to have an option to meet online um, because that's just what I forecast. I just saw it. I had this feeling. Well, now there's definitely an option for people to meet online. And what we're finding is that people who are meeting online are actually feeling more connected to people than they ever have before. And I can say for myself, I definitely feel that that's true. Um, so I don't talk a lot about my faith or, I mean, I talk a little bit about it, but I don't talk a lot about it on the show. Um, but, you know, I'm a member of a church in, uh, here in Los Angeles, I'm a member of a church in Pasadena, um, which is close to where we live uh, in LA, but still. So, um, you know, getting Reese in the car and driving there and, um, you know, doing those things sometimes is a little bit daunting. And so now we're able to connect with people much more often throughout the week uh, just by jumping on Zoom. Um, and, and our church community has done some really awesome things for families and for parents and for married people and for older kids and um, just at anyone in general. They've been creating community, doing really awesome things. And so um, I've been inspired by what they were doing. Doing, uh, and sort of took some of the things that I was working on and, um, you know, mirroring some of the things that they're doing. Uh, and one of the things that I've actually done for them is I started a Friday coffee hour. Um, so uh, from 1030 to 11 on Fridays, we're just meeting virtually um, over Zoom, people from our church uh, and otherwise people who actually don't go to the church anymore because they've moved or um, they're not going because uh, they have uh, issues with their faith right now. So they're just not going to church, but they miss the people. So they're staying connected to the, the faith community, um, through this coffee hour and through these zoom hours and through all of these other various connecting points that they have throughout the week. And so, you know, I think that sort of proves just that one couple alone proves my, uh, my theory about people wanting to have a space to meet online regularly. Uh, especially if you come from a faith background where you're used to meeting in community. Um, um, so, uh, so, so again, I don't talk a lot about what I do outside of, um, whiskey and rye, uh, because I, I like to spend a lot of time doing whiskey and rye. And so when I'm talking with you all about it, I like to focus on what I'm doing for this community. Um, but one of the things that I do, um, outside of this is I, I build other virtual communities. So I did it for my church. I'm doing it, um, actually also for, um, this sort of uh, network I, I'm building called Proximia. Um, and it's this network of interest groups and they have a missional purpose. And and so what I've been doing is I've been um, finding really fun interests like songwriting or um, like game nights and trivia, a book club, um, and then also people who enjoy leading like Bible studies and faith discussions. And I'm... in. Um, 
setting up an infrastructure for these groups to start meeting online. So we created a Zoom account and we now have a Zoom account that uh, we just set up these meetings and I can just jump in and just help these leaders facilitate meetings with individuals um, all over LA County. And in, in doing so, they've been able to um, really uh, meet a mental need, a mental health need. Um, here in LA County for people who are just used to having uh, an opportunity to be out and about and doing stuff and in and, and being out with their friends now um, places that are closed and in places that like even like parks and stuff that are closed um, people who are looking for that connection can now find it in a unique way um, with multiple people and it's not isolated just to like one-on-one stuff as it would be with like FaceTime or, or anything like that so um, yeah so I, I mean Part of what I'm doing, and I, I didn't really realize um, it was happening, was meeting this mental health need. And, you know, part of the, the whiskey and rye focus is providing um, resources for men to be healthy. And, and mental health is something I talk about a lot, um, being mentally healthy. And so, uh, you know, what I'm trying to build with this virtual community, I think, um, even after social distancing goes away and we're able to see each other again, I still think there's going to be opportunities for virtual community. I still think there's going to be a need for people who um, have maybe felt like now having virtual community is is sort of this utopia that they've always hoped uh, would exist is now going to be available. And I would hate for that to go away uh, because, you know, we don't want we think about, you know, oh, yeah, this is all going to go back to normal. But what about the folks who are actually enjoying this time right now of connecting with people online, being in the security of their homes, um, but being able to still connect with their friends we don't want that time to go away um so so i think it's really valuable um to keep investing in building virtual communities and so um that's what i've been spending a ton of time doing i've been spending time um creating uh some resources as well so i'm part i'm part of a network um here in los angeles that works with other people that have a faith background um you know i went to seminary and uh, i do go to a church so i that's that's faith background um uh but 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 they they work with people like myself who are visionaries who are innovators who want to um try to think about doing church or doing a faith community differently um and so they're a good fit for me and uh what i'm doing right now is i'm helping them create some content um that is both topical uh and then also evergreen um we want to make sure that they've got resources for other pastors and faith leaders so so i've been creating some videos and doing some other videos video content. Um, and then I've been thinking about how to, um, make our Patreon page more inviting and, uh, how to encourage more people to participate in the resources that are there. Um, you know, I, uh, I dropped, uh, I dropped the dollar requirements for a lot of the video, uh, options. Um, you used to, uh, used to be a $25 level to get a lot of videos and then up to like a hundred dollars for some of the other stuff. Um, but I dropped it down to the $10 level. So at $10, you get all the video stuff. Now, essentially you get all of the old videos that I've created, you get all the videos to the podcast, um, and uh, you get access to the writings and different things that I do. So uh, if you if you do still sign up at $25 a month, um, you get all of those things. Plus you get a monthly video thank you from me. So if that's something that would be enticing or, I mean, not even enticing, if that was something that would bring you joy um, and you feel like, hey, you know, I would really like to have someone say, 
you know, thank you and really appreciate me for my support. That's something that goes a long way for me. I I really appreciate gratitude. Um, and I like to be appreciated. Um, and that's something that we'll talk about, uh, at the end of the episode. But, um, you know, I enjoy when people say thank you. And I think that, uh, during this time when we're supporting one another in unique ways, it's important to, to say thank you to those who, to are supporting you. So if you do want to sign up the $25 level, you get that video. Thank you. But, um, you know, I've been thinking about ways to draw traffic and get people enticed to the Patreon page. Um, and then, you know, that's the way that we're going to help build momentum from this great foundation that we already have. So, um, as I said, at the beginning of this segment, um, I'm just so thankful for the group that has stuck with me and has stuck with us in this community, um, through the different phases and through the breaks and through all of those things. Um, really means a lot to me. So I really appreciate that. So, um, if you have any more questions about, you know, the work that I do with mental health or um, building virtual communities or if you want to talk about COVID-19 or coronavirus or any of that stuff, um, you, you know the ways to get a hold of me. Um, all of those links are on the um, Podbean page, um, but then you can also get a hold of me on Instagram at Whiskey and Rye Podcast. I changed it to at Whiskey and Rye Podcast because at Whiskey and Rye Pod just didn't, <laughs> just didn't make sense. What's a pod? I don't know. Um, so whiskey and rye podcast uh, on Instagram, um, that's probably the best way to connect me. I check those things a lot. You can get all the links, everything on there. So uh, I'd love to talk to you more about that. But that's uh, that will do it for updates. I'm gonna have a delicious drink of this coffee. I'm gonna show the patrons, uh, the patrons. You know, I don't really drink like a like a lot when I drink especially if I put whiskey in it, I definitely sip it. Um, so I'll just tell you, I'm, I, this, I've got about an eight ounce cup of coffee and there's about seven and a half ounces in it left still. Um, and I'm going to nurse this thing for a while. Uh, cause that's just how I do it. I enjoy a good cup of coffee and that's actually a, a really wonderful uh, segue into this next segment, which we're going to talk about parenting during quarantine. Uh, so I think I have a lot of, a few listeners who are parents. Um, and so I'm, you know, my heart goes out to you, uh, during this time. Um, I mean, I I will say there are obvious challenges to being a parent of a 19 month old boy during quarantine. (laughs) Um, because you have the typical things, right? Um, we're going through like a weird sleep thing right now. So he uh, is tired at super random points throughout the day, at like nine o'clock in the morning, he'll be exhausted. And he is like going to his room saying like nine night, nine night. And he's literally been up for like two and a half hours. Um, so, you know, we'll try to keep him up for a little bit. Sometimes he'll take a two and a half hour nap. Sometimes he'll take a three hour nap. Sometimes he'll take an hour and a half nap. Sometimes it's two 45-minute naps with a wake-up, like, dad-dad's got to go in there and be like, okay, night-night time still, you, you know, it's, dad-dad's, it's, it's okay, dad-dad's right outside, like, finish your nap. That, you know, you just, you can't predict it. And it's super frustrating, especially when, you know, I'm really starting to build momentum in my career. Um, because, like I said, just in that last segment, I've been really moving forward with with the groups and um, doing a lot of content creation and other things and um, figuring out how to make my life financially stable and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, doing all of those things, trying to do those things, um, 
with an unpredictable nap schedule is very is very difficult it's very difficult um you know it really, it's hard to get into a momentum it's hard to get into a flow um it's hard to feel like you have like a, an idea of like how your day is going to go sometimes so um you know it's been it's been tricky doing the parent doing the parenting during you know the nap situation but then on top of that also at 19 months we've got food stuff that we're dealing with right so I really care about Reese having a, a healthy diet. It's something that uh, Jen is really awesome at making sure that we uh, are on the same page with getting him really healthy food. And so when she goes grocery shopping, she gets really great things. And when I go grocery shopping, I get really great things. And we, we try to get stuff that's really healthy for him. Um, but, you know, he, he's still a baby and he still has you know, things that he likes, you know, he has preferences, just like, you know, a normal human would. So, you know, I don't want him to get into these ruts where he's only eating the same thing every single day. I want him to have some variety. And thankfully, we've got a great nutritionist that we work with, which is amazing. She's a friend of the family um, that she's been, yeah, I've literally known her since I was a kid. Um, her name is Jessica Gust. I'll put her the link to her uh, company, Element Nutrition Kids, in the show notes. Um, but, but you know, she has all these resources of new things to try, and she gets us on different schedules and these different things, which is really, really awesome and super helpful. Um, but you know, that's, that's a lot to manage, you know, uh, it's a lot to manage thinking about, okay. Um, you know, how do I actually, how do I manage that? Do I do it day by day? Do I do it five days or seven days out? Um, that's difficult. And again, for me, like I'm, um, when I was preparing to be a dad, um, these weren't the types of things I was really necessarily preparing for thinking about food schedule. Like I knew I was going to be an active father, but did I think that I was going to stay up at night thinking about what Reese was going to have for lunch the next day? Because I didn't want him to have too many things, uh, that were alike in a row. Absolutely not. Um, but you know, I think that's something that all parents do, uh, in their own version of it. I think any parent who listens to this think, well, I obsess about this, you know, I obsess about sleep, I obsess about water, I obsess about weight. And, you know, I think, um, for me, it was the weight that I was concerned about, uh, with Reese eating is, uh, you know, a few of his early doctor's visits, he was, he, he was, he's a very tall, skinny kid, like his dad and his mom. Um, but he, you know, he's in the low percentile for weight. And so I, I, I really took, I took that hard because, you know, I don't want him to be underweight. And, um, I struggle with body dysmorphia and I struggle with body image. And so, you know, there's been times in my life where I've regulated what I've eaten to, to, to look thinner. And, uh, I never was anorexic or I was never bulimic. Um, and you know, if you're struggling with those things, I please, please get some help and please talk to someone. Um, but you're not alone. Um, just a sidebar on that. I wasn't planning on talking about this, um, but I definitely struggled with eating and I still struggle with eating. Eating is kind of a rebellious thing for me where I sometimes when I feel like I want to rebel, I'll eat some bad things like I'll eat uh, an entire bag of Skittles or, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I can't I can't eat a lot of food because of my my dairy. Um, I can't have a lot of dairy, but you know, I'll get like, I'll go to, I'll go to McDonald's and I'll get like two large fries and I'll just wolf them. I'll just, I'll just murder those things like nothing, you know? And, and, and I do it when I'm being rebellious. And, and so I don't have a necessarily what I would consider like a healthy relationship with food. So I don't want to pass that on to him. I want to make sure that he has a healthy relationship with food. And so, um, I, you know, thinking about, um, how much sugar is he eating? How much sugar does he have in the morning? 
morning. You know, something that I do, I like a really sugar-heavy breakfast. So usually I'm eating like oatmeal with some fruit, um, coffee, and then like maybe I'll have an egg or, you know, a couple of hard-boiled eggs or something with some salt and pepper. But usually I'm eating like heavy sugars in the morning. And that kind of gives me like my jolt of energy for the day. Um, But the bad thing is on that is I eventually crash, you know, Uh, um, especially if I find that I don't eat a lot of natural sugars or sugars that my body will process like slowly throughout the morning. So eventually what I have to do is I have to have another snack at some point throughout the day. Uh, and usually I go with like a bowl of cereal or I'll go with a snack bar or something that's usually fruity. So I'm eating a lot of fruit and sugar stuff in the morning. And I can't seem to break out of that. Like it's a lot of work to break out of that right now. I feel like I would have to actively think about planning on my meals and doing all this stuff to not um, eat like that. And I just, I just don't have that in me right now. Um, I don't have that extra time to plan. And so while I am consciously thinking about how to eat better and not eating certain things, what I'm thinking about with Reese and, and what's kind of helping me in turn is thinking about how much sugar he eats in the morning and how he starts off his day and then what he has for a snack. And um, it's just so funny how he's so much like me when it <laughs> comes to like eating and his preferences and stuff. And I don't know if it's, uh, I guess you could argue that it, it's it's like that because I uh, have set those rhythms for him, or maybe it's like that because uh, he's just like that. You know, where our DNA is just matched like that. I, I don't know. Um, you could probably go either way. I'm gonna get Science Mike here on the show. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of great guests coming up. I'm gonna have Science Mike on the show here uh, pretty soon to promote his new book, "You're a Miracle and a Pain in the Ass." Um, and we'll, we'll probably talk about more of these things like eating and stuff, um, and sugars and, and those types of things. Um, but you know, I want to make sure that I'm setting him up for success and making sure that he has a healthy relationship with food. And so that's that's really uh, that's really challenging. But um, I was going to do this segment talking about successes first and then challenges, but I think they're both kind of in the same when you're parenting during quarantine. It's like your, your challenges then lead to your successes and then maybe your successes then lead to even more challenges, which is like a weird thing to think about, you know? Um, but I think that's, you know, I, I think that's just part of, of what parenting is. And so as I think about some of the, the takeaways from parenting during this time, um, you know, I, um, and I want to be careful because I know that a lot of people are really struggling and this time does not at all seem, um, of value. And it's, you probably have to search like really deep within your side, inside like yourself to find some value. And, and I, I empathize. I really do. I am someone who finds opportunity in really weird places. And so again, I'm feeling, um, admittedly, oddly optimistic about our current situation. Um, and just to speak on that for a minute though, I feel like because I'm able to feel mildly optimistic about our current situation, it's my responsibility to feel optimistic about our situation for, for the many people out there who are just not able to get there. You know, um, I was born in October. I'm a Libra. I like to balance things out. And so in a, in a way, I think my positivity is balancing out all of those folks who just aren't able to be positive. So these, when I'm talking about the positive things, I hope that listeners aren't feeling like, gosh, I'm getting down on myself for not being positive. I see you right where you are. Uh, I will say that again. I see you right where you are. 
and that's fine. And I go there. I just, I sometimes let people see it and sometimes I don't. And, and so I think that my, um, maybe annoying optimism about this time, um, it's, again, it's just to, it's just to balance things out. And that's really what uh, I'm, I'm focusing on this time. So anyway, trying to balance things out. What I've learned uh, about parenting during this quarantine is just um, the value of taking things moment by moment. Uh, You know, when this whole thing hit, um, we were just going about our daily lives. And I say hit like it was like, like it was a meteor or something. I just, I just watched Deep Impact. So I'm like, oh, and this Deep Impact's a great movie. I, I don't know if Armageddon was better. I hate that they were like, they're like doing movies because like they're kind of different, but they're totally the same, even down to the end. I would love to do a Twitter poll if, if this would be fun. Which has the sadder ending, Armageddon or Deep Impact? I'm going to say Deep Impact has the sadder ending because Oren is there with his son who he can't see and has never seen, but he's there. That to me is way, like Liv Tyler and Bruce Willis, they had like a lifetime of memories together, you know? And Oren and Oren Jr., they're just about to begin their lives together. And his dad saves the planet. Anyway, super sad. But I just watched Deep Impact. So I've been thinking about moments, right? And so everything changes so fast. And um, I noticed that with Reese and now being with him every day, I notice it even more. He says three times as many words as he did from the time that they told us we were going to be only quarantined for the first 30 days. And now in the second 30 days, he says so much more. He can do so much more. He, we've, we've done so much more together. We've created all of these memories. Um, we did a, we, we had our friend come over and do a social distance photo shoot with our masks on, you know, um, we just have tried to be creative in this time and make the best of it because the, this moment is a revolutionary moment in our history and things will never go back to the same. Things are going to be different forever. And I think that is a positive thing because I think there was a lot of things that were really bad. And while there are going to be some bad things that will happen, they're going to expose things that have systematically been happening for a very long time. And so while it might get ugly before it gets better, um, I think the next group of leaders um, is going to step up. Uh, and I think we have an opportunity right now to empower our young people to be great, excellent leaders and to uh, and to move into whatever we're coming out of, or whatever we're moving into, I should say, what we're coming out of is irrelevant to them. What we're moving into for them, um, you know, I just hope we help uh, steward them well um, and, and, and just really encourage encourage their leadership in this time. Um, so that's really what I've been taking away is, is spending these moments with Reese, um, teaching him whatever I can, you know, teaching him, you know, just even things that um, I think might be whatever, just teaching him whatever I can, listening to him, um, and then just trying so hard when he comes up with new words and new things to say, like, what are you trying to tell me, you know, and just letting him know that, that I'm here and I'm with him right here in this moment. Um, and that nothing is more important to me than what he's doing right now. Um, so while I can't do that all the time, what this uh, time has showed me is in that I need to create those moments in my life where I'm doing nothing 
but I'm just focused on Reese um, because, you know, he's 19 months now and, and he's at that point where he's ready to start sharing with me. He's ready to start inviting me into his world and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss one moment of what he wants to share with me. So, um, you know, I just encourage you to do your best, do as best as you can um, to to invite, uh, to take these moments when your kids invite you in to, to be with them. Um and to uh, just learn from them in this moment. And, uh, and that's been something I'm really enjoying during this time um, of, uh, of quarantine. So, so that's parenting. But then the other side of that is partnership. And that's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole different beast. <sighs> partnership during quarantine. I don't know if I, I think I used the word patience uh, earlier in this episode. We talked about patience. Um, no, I don't. It wasn't patience. It was uh, uh, being accepted. We're going to talk about patience, though. Um, and uh, first of all, we're going to talk about in the context of like partnership, because I think patience um, is something that grew during this time and is continuing to grow. So the 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 quarantine time has. Um, as I think with most people brought out, brought out things in relationships that were like, Oh, that definitely, that's definitely a thing. And now that's like not going away. Um, and so, um, you know, thankfully I built my workspace right before we were on lockdown quarantine and Jen has her workspace before we were on quarantine. So we're able to go into our workspaces and kind of just like separate for a while. And I think that, is probably been one of the saving graces of our relationship is just being able to break away because when you are in a high functioning partnership, you need to have that time to break away, right? And just focus on yourself and what you're and what you need, you know? And so we're a high functioning partnership. So we need, um, so we're kind of high maintenance then with how we maintain our relationship in order to remain high functioning. And I think all relationships are like this. People just sort of think like, oh, our relationship is boring or whatever. Anyway, that's a side note. We'll talk about that in another thing. But what we need uh, in order to survive this quarantine was we needed to increase our communication. So I got a really great tip from um, my coach who I'm working with. Uh, It's part of my... um, part of the benefits of being included in this network that's helping me with my network and, and, uh, and some of the nonprofit stuff I'm doing. Uh, they provide a coach. And so my coach was telling me that what him and his wife partner do, uh, because they also work from home and they have a kid who's one month older than our son. I know, excuse me, one year older than our son. So they're it's one year different. Um, is they have these things called essential check-ins. And that's where if someone has a meeting or say for me, I want to record a podcast or uh, I've got something that I've got to work on, they know that that time is uh, there is theirs, um, that they are, they're off. And so we've been thinking about the times in our day that I need to be off. Um, and, and then what time then can you be on and what can you take this and then just making compromises. And so, man, we made, we've made so many compromises lately and there's been so many times where it's like, okay, we're calling an audible right now. You know, I just the other night had a meeting. I got a text that, 645 and was like, Hey, uh, let me know when you can jump on the meeting and I'll conference you in. I was like, yes, I'll be right there. Like I totally forgot. Um, so I, I, 
I, it's awesome to be part of a team that will remind me, but it's also awesome to be part of a team with Jen who will be like, okay, cool. Then what do we need to make happen? So we figured it out. We made it happen and it was great, but you know, then it's my responsibility then to try to like, like say thanks. You know what I mean? Like she totally bailed me out there. So, you know, what does that look like? You know, cooking dinner, cleaning up, um, taking an extra shift with Reese or actually what that's going to look like is I'm going to get up early with him on Friday because Friday's her day off and now she'll be able to like totally sleep in. Um, and she'll probably get breakfast too. Cause that's just, I'll be up early and I'll have nothing to do. So I'll probably cook. So, um, so, you know, what she did for me in, in, in being able to be there for that meeting when I had to call an audible, uh, she, she'll now, you know, get breakfast in the, in the morning to sleep in. That's a pretty great compromise, you know? Um, so, but had we not done that, had we not talked about like, okay, well, what do you need? If we just, if I would just be like, we just take the meeting, just take the baby, blah, blah. like, I don't have time to think about it. Um, we would have gotten in a fight you know, especially during this time, because we're not, be, we're not apart, we're together all the time. So, so I just feel like, you know, these are the conversations that have really saved us, um, right now during these times. But, but what, you know, again, kind of thinking successes and challenges, the challenges is having the, um, having the right words when you need to approach these conversations, when you're really tired, or when you feel like you've had these conversations once or seven times. Um, that's really, for me that I think that's been the biggest challenge is, is trying to find new words or trying to like not lose my shit when I, when I have to say the same words, like when I found the words the best time last time I thought, but they didn't land. Like how do I then like get them to land again? Um, and honestly, I have not been doing great at it. Um, I have, I have been not been great at you know, just using, using the right words. Because again, um, as I'm thinking about all of these things that I'm building and launching all these things, plus, like I said, all that stuff with Reese that I'm thinking about partnership is like kind of taking a back seat right now, unfortunately. And so what really what I'm working out in this segment is like things that I, like I kind of wish that I would have been doing all along or things that I should have been doing all along or things that like I want to start doing right now. Um, but to just truth be told, like these things that I'm talking about right now are really a lot in our household, just a bit of more of a concept. Um, because the reality is, and you might find yourself in this same reality. The reality is our partnership during this quarantine has been one of the, has been one of the most, one has been, has been one of the things to struggle the most, um, for, for me. And, and you, it's even hard for me to say it, right? Like it's hard for me admit to admit it. Um, I want to be like, no, everything's fine. We're not going to park but it's a struggle. It's a struggle right now. Um, and that's just real. Uh, but I think there aren't any couples, partners, domestic partnerships, whatever, um, that aren't going through some challenges right now. And so, um, you know, what do you do? What do you do about that? Like when this, when the challenges outweigh the successes as that's kind of like the situation that we're all in right now. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I definitely enjoy days where like the successes outweigh the challenges where I feel like, Oh, I definitely kicked today's butt because I had way more successes than challenges. But during this, uh, time of quarantine and social distancing, like I feel like I have way more challenges and way fewer successes, but 
I think the thing that we can realize in this, and this is probably what's helpful with partnership is, is those successes should taste really sweet. And I think that goes the same for parenting too. Um, but especially with partnership, like when you do have a success, I think we really need to take time to think about how valuable that is. Um, and think about like, okay, I did something good for my partner or we navigated this conversation without saying the f word you know (laughs) just you remember my episode with jen like that's something we draw the line like we don't say the f word to each other not to each other's face at least (laughs) and so um not admitting that i say it behind her back not saying that she does but we draw the line we don't say to each other's face so uh so so i think not giving up on those things though that's also something that you could celebrate as as a success right like you could think about how like if you haven't regressed into something that was worse than or you haven't become a worse version of yourself if you haven't regressed as a couple in certain areas i think that's a success um you know if you're able to keep your house functioning and clean uh i'd call that a success you know uh not even every day most days you know if you're able to put food on the table um call that a success if you're able to get your kids to go to sleep, uh, call that a success. You know, there's, there's different ways to define success in this time. And I think that's what I've learned the most about partnership or what I'm, what I'm learning, I should say, because I'm learning a lot about partnership in this time. Very unexpected, um, how much I'd be learning about partnership in this time. But, you know, like I said, we are just going about our lives, like not expecting to be quarantined in the, in, in a house with the same people, for this amount of time and they keep extending it which is the even weirder you know but again going back to the work that i do just makes it that much more uh necessary so you know no stopping there but yeah it's just it's just when we can't be thinking like a solution to our partnership is well this will all just be over soon because we don't know that you know and the last thing we want to do as couples as partners is just delay conversations and let them build up and let them build up i can't let like once i get an idea in my head and i need to have a conversation i can barely make it like till lunchtime like if i think about it in the morning if we haven't talked about it by lunch i'm gonna explode and i never used to be like that i used to be someone who would just sit on my feelings for a lot but being married to an expressive person, Jen's good at expressing her emotions. I now um, know that I've now learned that I can express my emotions. But now the thing that I'm learning that's very, very, very tricky is is how how you say things, how you express your emotions, and that that part has seemed to be uh, for me um, something I'm still still just uh, whiffing whiffing on it big time i want to transition into this last this last little segment um in talking about why i think men can be their best selves when they have or are with a patient partner in my case my partner is a woman um a lot of people that listen to this show um are heterosexual so you know if your partner's a male or a woman um that's great Uh, if not I think this is just applicable to to all partnerships that you're romantically involved with someone with. I'm not going to get into the weeds of all of those things, what that means. You know what that means. If you're touching privates, I don't care if they're the same privates or they're different privates, but if you're in a relationship with someone where you're touching privates, (laughs) that's just what I'm talking about. 
I, can't, I just said touching privates on my podcast. I don't. Oh boy. I still, I'm going to show the patrons and I'll tell you all. I, it's not like I've been pounding this whiskey coffee. I still have way more than half left. It's still, yeah, I'm, I'm at like 65% capacity. So I got tons. I got tons. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. I'm just a kid at heart, I guess. Um, so, so why do I think I know about this stuff? First of all, why do I think I'm an expert? We can talk about this. Well, even though I haven't been driving for Uber for the past few months, I have been driving. I did drive for them for like three years. So I talked to like a ton of guys who were essentially telling me what they were trying to find was a patient partner. You know, guys, we hear like, oh, the, you know, we, we say things to each other like, oh, the girl is so this or she just doesn't that or she's so impulsive that's one word or she doesn't uh, or or sometimes she just reacts you know and and these are all like negative things that guys say but like we do the exact same thing like we just react and we just say things and so when we emote you know I talk a lot about how men express their emotions and I think for you know because I'm just in that zone where I'm learning how to express my emotions and I'm teaching another young man how to express his emotions and like you know Reese is already at that age where he throws his toys when he gets frustrated and um, you know I don't want that to translate into some unhealthy habit when he becomes a man Um, so uh, so so being patient why do I you know think that being patient is important um and how did I get to this you know why did I even start thinking about this um it's because I'm having these conversations with all these men who are trying to find this thing that they can't really put words to um they they can't really describe what they're looking for but I think what they're looking for is they're looking for someone to be patient as they figure out what it means for them to be a man and so this you know this is coming from a totally biased standpoint I'm a white privileged male um, so I'm, I understand that I'm totally biased when I'm talking about this but I, I think the things that I've heard from men in the conversations that I have even though uh, I, I agree with them but they're they're from men of all different you know races ages demographics parts of the world so so I think there's a lot of there's a lot of common ground here um, and so you know I think they're uh, the 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 common threads when I have conversations with men about why they want to be with a patient partner, it usually starts out with them talking about how they are um, doing a lot of like learning on their own. They're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out, you know, maybe they're doing some therapy. Uh, maybe they've discovered a Deepak Chopra book um, or, you know, maybe uh, they were, you know, one guy was like telling me about this book that he read and I was like, well, why, how'd you find it? He's like, oh, I don't know. Some girl quoted it in her Tinder profile. <laughs> it's like, well, whatever got you read the book, bro. Like, I guess that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, we, a, a lot of times when guys are thinking about like how to approach this conversation of bettering themselves, they start with a book or, or they start with a podcast, you know, whiskey and rye. I don't know. Um, but they start on some it's so they have some sort of like groundwork or foundation where they're understanding they understand that they're like fucked up right like they're understanding like there's something wrong with them i'm a guy i'm not perfect i messed up and so this is this is what i so so i need some help right and so i'm speaking generally um 
these are the conversations when I'm having with conversations with men about patient partners and what they're looking for. This is how they all start. Most of them, they start, start with this kind of like general idea of they know that there's something wrong with themselves and they're trying to be better. And how do they know there's something wrong with themselves? Well, they've had a lot of partners who just ran out of patience and were like, get out. Like, I'm done with you. Um, and so they're realizing, okay, something is wrong. I'm tired of blaming other people. I need to look inward. I did that. I did it for two years and it was really, really helpful. I didn't see a therapist, which was stupid. I don't know why I didn't see a therapist for those years. It wasn't until after I got married that I saw a therapist. I highly don't recommend that. Definitely see a therapist before you get married, um, both together and separately. But I still, I took this time to do some work because I realized there was something wrong with me, didn't want to blame this other person, so I needed to figure out how to um, focus in on myself and and uh, and not just continue to blame other people. So uh, that's what I did, uh, and so a lot of guys do that same thing. And uh, so that's how they start. They start with this foundation of wanting to learn, and then the tricky thing happens is they start this process of learning and what they're growing and they don't know this, but what they're growing is their own patience, but they're growing their own patience with themselves. So I want to talk a little bit about why men get, why I get frustrated. And I think most men would agree with this. A lot of times men get frustrated and then they like lose it during arguments because they're mad that they made you mad. We're mad at ourselves for causing a negative reaction in you, I think is a better way to say it. And I think a lot of guys just aren't articulate enough to say that's what's really frustrating them when we get mad in conflict is that they're just like, oh man, I was trying to be patient or I was trying to be this one thing and I failed. I didn't achieve that result. Now, not only am I not going to be able to communicate what I need, I'm going to have to go through uh, a process of repairing the damage that I just did unknowingly. And so in a guy's mind that is single focused, what I just described is kind of like the finale of a fireworks show all happening at once. So you're in the middle of a conversation and you're trying to get your partner to speak clearly, but he realizes one thing that he just made you upset. And when guys realize that we make women upset, that really bothers us, especially when we didn't mean to. So now he realizes he makes you upset. There is a fireworks show going off in his mind of thoughts. He's no longer single focused. He's no longer able to think about the proper words or the right thing to say or whatever he needs you to hear in that moment in order to help the conversation, uh, help the conversation move forward in a positive way. So now, guys, we're in this situation where we don't know what to do. We feel lost. We're in uncharted waters. We were trying to do one thing. We were trying to achieve one objective. Now we have to achieve that same objective plus several other ones. And for most guys, it's just too much for them to, to handle. However, if someone is patient with them throughout this process and there's someone that can show understanding and show compassion and not make them feel like guilt or shame for, um, for what they're doing, but can actually show them, hey, I appreciate your intent, 
This is what will help guys over time uh, be better at finding those words, be quicker to finding those words. Um, but, you know, you just have to remember that there are so many things contextually that go into how people learn how to communicate. You know, I um, the work that I've done with my therapist over the few years and thanks to people like Allison Armstrong and um, Peter Rollins, who's not even a, a therapist um, per se, but just someone who's a really good friend of mine who is really smart and, and is, um, really insightful. And so he's helped me, you know, find words and find language for certain things. And so I'm really grateful for him and, um, and Allison and, and all of the other people and my friends, the, the women friends in my life who have showed me my blind spots and have pulled me aside and been like, Hey, you know, that was kind of this, or, you know, the people that, um, even just didn't talk to me for a little while. And I, I actually kind of kind of think about well, why hasn't this person talked to me? And I realized it was something that I did and I needed to reach out and make amends. So, so all of those things, you know, have helped me learn how to be a better communicator. Um, but it just, it's taking time, uh, and it's taking, it's, it's, it's needing some, um, some patience. And so what, what, what is the hard part about, um, one of the hardest parts about being with men in relationships, I'll admit, especially when you're trying to, when they're trying to grow is that men like to be challenged, right? So we, we have coaches, we're used to coaches. We're used to someone like pushing us forward, right? But what happens when you're touching privates with the push person who's pushing you forward? Like there's a conflict of interest, right? You know? And so, so what we need from our partner, and this is the part that's really tricky is we need that person who's able to give that push, but that push has to be so subtle that the guys, we, we can't know that we're being pushed. Or if we do know that we're being pushed, there's got to be an understanding of, Hey, this pushing is coming from a certain area or whatever, you know, maybe you have that type of relationship where you're, where you do feed off one another and and you need that person to push you, you know, um, like our relationship, I'm, I'm a a little bit more of a creative person and Jen is, is more of our real life everyday type of person. And so, um, she is very good at, um, goals and, and setting checklists and like having a clear cut path on how to get to places to where I'm just like, eh, I'll create a way. I'll create my own way. I'll blaze my own trail. It's like, you know, where she's like, I can get there from A to B. I'm like, I'm going to get there from A to B to C to D to E to all the way through Z. Um, you know, cause I'm, it's just one of those people that I'm like, I want to feel life along the ride, man, you know, and not to say that she doesn't, but she feels life in a different way. Like she feels life when she gets to where she wants to go. And then she's like, cool. Now I can feel alive. And I love that. I love that about her. Um, but then we are just different like that. Um, so, you know, um, when she is challenging me to be better, uh, sometimes she challenges me in a way that she would challenge someone else who thinks like her. And that really like crushes my little creative spirit, my little creative heart, you know? Um, and so there's an opportunity for me to not be so fragile, but there's also an opportunity for her to understand, you know, being with a creative person that there's going to be highs and lows, you know? Um, I, you know, creative people, they write songs about love and they write songs about hate and they write songs about death and they write sex about uh, songs about sex and they write songs about life uh, and they write songs about lots of things. Um, and, and they're all on the scale of emotions. So that means that we feel all of these things. Like I felt all of these things. I felt pain and I felt death and I felt happiness and I felt sadness and I felt love and I felt betrayal and I felt broken and I felt, and I felt all of them equally 
at some point in my life. For as much love as I felt in my life, I felt that same equitable amount of pain. Um, and so I have to figure out how to hold that. So while there are times where I can tap into that love piece, there are also times where I tap into that pain. Uh, and for someone like Jen, who's a little bit more realist, uh, it's hard for her to handle. Um, and so she, it's hard for her to be patient with me sometimes when I'm just, you know, all um, feeling emo. Uh, as I tend to feel, uh, you know, from time to time, you know, and I, and I used to think that there was something wrong with me for that, but I just think that's just a part of who I am. And I've actually had people who really, I really care about tell me like, Oh, you know, maybe that's just who you are. And, and, uh, that was really hurtful. It was hurtful to hear those things. Um, but you know, through therapy and through, you know, my own self-talk, I, I've told myself that, you know, you're not, you're not those things. You're not, you're not a bad person. You're not that you weren't born this way. You're not angry at the world. Um, you're just a, you're just a little kid who deep down inside is, is still hurting, you know? And, and, um, who isn't, who isn't a little kid who's still hurting deep down inside, right? Like some of us are just a little bit more advanced than others. And, um, you know, for so long, I've paraded around on this podcast like I was one of the advanced ones. Like I was one who was like not struggling and like had the ideas and like, man, I I think y'all I think y'all know me um pretty well and I'm grateful for that. But like, I think y'all don't quite know because I haven't let you know like what I really do struggle with um some of the things I struggle with like on the daily um you know because I'm definitely one of those people when people reach out like hey how you doing I'm like I am great tons of exclamation points happy face emoji but you know what there's a handful of people in my life where they text me and they're like hey, how you doing and I'm like really fucking shitty actually T- today was really hard today was really hard for me you know and I am so grateful for those people and, and you know who you are I'm so grateful for those people and we all need those people in our lives and they don't, they're not, you know, they don't always get my wrath, but they're the people that I know that I don't have to be fake with and I can be honest with them. And, um, I want, I want y'all to be like that. I want y'all to know that I want to be honest with you and I don't want to be fake with you. And I want to let you know, uh, that I do struggle with things. Um, I was watching, uh, I was watching one of the things I was doing is I was trying to gather research about whiskey and rye as I was watching this other male influencer do an Instagram live video. You know, he just seemed like he had it all figured out, you know, uh, wife, gorgeous wife, um, nice house. Uh, you know, this guy was like, you know, he looked like, he looked like Aladdin if like Aladdin was like also a pro athlete, like just like the most handsome, like tanned skin like this guy was just beautiful you know and I'm sitting here thinking like what is this guy what am I gonna learn from him like honestly and I I probably shouldn't have been that skeptical but you know when I just when I think about when I think about people who seem to have it all figured out and I think about people who are just like yeah just here it is and it's that easy I used to think that that was what people really wanted to hear but it's the thing is is like it's not easy Nothing in life that's worth a shit is easy. Everything is hard. Uh, and that's not like, you know, yeah, I'm an artist, right? So, like, I believe in the beauty, right? Like, I believe in the other side of the rainbow, right? But I also know that, like, things are really hard. Like, if you are going to believe in that other side of the rainbow and you're going to go to it, like, that walk, that journey is going to be a bitch. But, you know, you got to do it if you really believe in it, right? So... 
So what does this mean about patience and being with a patient person? Um, but this really, it's about helping people grow, right? And it's about helping men grow. And, you know, when you're in a partnership with a man, especially I think if, if you know, if there's any same-sex couples out there, you know, any men who are in partnership with one another, like, I just imagine it's really difficult. Like, I'm sure a lot of people think like, oh, being in a gay relationship, two men, that must be just like sex and bliss all the time. Like, it's got to be a really difficult struggle to deal with the the male ego and masculinity and all of these issues and communication and good communication and poor communication and mean communication and so but I also think that um, women uh, same-sex women if you're in a, a same-sex relationship you'll deal with these same things because you have emotions and so so if, whether you're in a same-sex relationship or you're in a heterosexual relationship um, helping people grow and wanting to help people grow is something that both people, like I said, if you're in a committed relationship with someone, helping them grow and become their best self is what we want. You know, I want to be the watering can that helps Jen grow into all that she wants to be. Um, even though times I'm not times I'm the weed whacker, you know, that, that cuts her down to a nub, you know, and, um, but, but there's, you know, what can I, what do I do in that time other than just try to be better and try to, you know, plant, replant fertile ground and fertile soil and hope that new life comes, you know, and, um, I guess it's just meant to be seen every time. So, um, I, I, I've covered a lot of ground in this segment and I think there's probably more that I could say about it, but I just think in general that when men are with someone who is patient, it helps them feel secure, a sense of security that they can try different things. And um, men, if they're going to keep growing, uh, they need to keep that sense of security has to stay there. So there's a there's something that partners need to do when you're with someone who's growing especially if you're someone who's like an intense growth period in their life. Like maybe you started a relationship with someone who's like, Hey, you know, I'm just coming out of an intense relationship or I'm just coming out of a time where right before this, I was in an intense relationship and I'm still learning. But either way, like even if you're committing to one another and saying, okay, we're going to get married or we're going to move in together. Like you're committing now to learn more about each other. Like I've, I've talked with couples who have been married for, I talked to a couple who was married for 65 years wrap your head around that 65 years and they were still holding the hands in the back of my uber by the way and they were taking an uber which was like incredible but still um they were talking about how they still learn things about each other it was it was beautiful 65 years of marriage and they still learned i think i actually think this was a couple that uh he said something in the car oh yeah i asked him i asked him you know what pearls of wisdom do you have for being married for 65 years and he told me you know oh you know my wife i remember this uh this one memory and we did this thing and she looked at him she's like i I didn't know that you remembered that or I didn't know that, that meant anything to you, you know? And so they had this beautiful moment um, together and I just think like, man, 65 years and they're still learning. So we're always going to be learning and we're always going to be growing. And for men, that is hard for us to do. We feel exposed when we're learning and growing in front of a partner. Um, and so just be patient with us. If you're with a guy who is listening to this podcast, he's probably in that phase where he might be just starting to learn or he's starting to actually put some meat on the bones of what he's learning. And so, um, they're going to need a lot of patience. So if you're, if you're giving this uh, podcast to someone to say, Hey, listen to this, I think you'd really like it. Um, give it, 
with gloves on, you know, and make sure you don't take those gloves off um, because those uh, those folks are, are going to need someone who's patient and gentle. So uh, I think, you know, that will cover all the episodes or excuse me, the, all the segments for this episode. I think one thing I do want to say, though, uh, about encouraging people to listen to this podcast is, you know, we do now have a really solid foundation and we have a good group of people who, even if I take some time off, um, is still right there listening to the podcast as soon as I drop a new episode. So um, we're at that time now where we need to start growing and start pushing the movement out farther. And so um, if you do find that there are people that you think should listen to this conversation and should be a part of it, I really encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to figure out um, a way to get them to subscribe, whether it's sending them, you know, the link to the Podbean or a link to the iTunes or Spotify, or maybe it's listening, you know, to an episode together. Um, We can't go anywhere right now, so maybe you're quarantined with someone and uh, maybe you're just like, hey, let's just take a drive and listen to this podcast for a little bit. Um, You know, that may be a cool thing to do, but um, I really want to start getting this message out to more people. And I really want to see the numbers start to pick up because, um, you know, I think we're really starting to hit our stride. And I think for me, I'm starting to hit my stride with what I want this show to be and and who I want to be as a host and and what I want um, for my audience uh, and for my core group who's been following us. So instead of thinking about all of these other people who may or may not find the show, I'm thinking about all of those people who, you know, every time an episode drops, they are there listening. And uh, I'm thinking about these people who send me texts and say, like, really great episode. I enjoyed it. And I think about the people who, you know, send me tweets and DMs on Instagram and, and send me tweets on Twitter and stuff that just say, like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Um, it means a lot to me. And so I see that uh, I'm trying to get better at answering messages. I'm sorry for those uh, folks that through some I didn't message answer for like a month um so I just I appreciate you all engaging with me and being a part of the show and being a part of whiskey and Ryan let's just continue to encourage people to listen to this um show and, and the more people that we bring into our community um you know building this online community we're going to be serving mental health and we're going to be serving families and communities and all sorts of good things so uh let's keep sharing this resource I appreciate everyone for being a part of it and um thank you for tuning into this episode uh, there's going to be some new episodes coming out soon. I'm going to, like I said, uh, I've got a whole list of, uh, of guests that I'm going to be reaching out to and, uh, and getting on lined up. Uh, I have a couple of other episodes, uh, from just some segments of things that I want to talk about. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, moving forward in season two. And, uh, after, you know, just that little bit of a break, uh, which felt, which felt oh so good. So, uh, I'm going to, uh, now spend the rest of the afternoon hanging out with my kid and uh, reading books and uh, doing all sorts of crazy and fun things. But nonetheless, I'll always be thinking about our Whiskey and Rye community. Thanks for being with me for this episode. I raise my glass to you. Cheers. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning into that episode of Whiskey and Rye. So I want to try this new thing. Uh, We cover a lot of heavy topics on Whiskey and Rye, and sometimes that generates a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings. And uh, in this next episode on Whiskey and Rye, we're going to be talking about expressions and how men express their emotions. So I want to do something kind of cool. Um, There's this great part in the Deep West track that we've been featuring on our uh, podcast here where we've got some hand claps. So we're just going to join them in some hand claps, and it's just real simple we're just going to clap our hands so the claps are happening right now let's clap simple clap oh, feels good all right now we're gonna have a dance break
feels good well thank you so much for tuning into this episode of whiskey and rye uh make sure to subscribe so you're getting all the new episodes and tune in for our next episode that's going to be on expressions until then i raise my glass to you cheers <laughs>